0: Monty Moran is a fascinating person. He's a man of many hats. You probably know him as the former CEO of Chipotle Mexican Grill. But he's an attorney. He's a filmmaker. He's a pilot. And also an author with a brand-new book that has just come out. And Monty Moran joins us right now. It's good to have you with us.
1: Hey, great to be here with you, David.
0: So you get bored easily, I guess.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I, uh, I always seem to have something going on. So I try to stay away from
0: boredom. So I haven't read your book. It's just out. And I am look forward, look forward to reading it. But it sounds like it's sort of a servant leadership sort of approach to, to management.
1: Yeah, well, the first book, okay, so that's Love is Free, Guac is Extra. That was my book about leadership and management that you're talking about. And, you know, when I first wrote that book, uh, the publisher said there's good news and bad news. I said, well, God, what's the bad news? And he said, well, the bad news is you got four books here. And I said, what's the good news? He goes, the good news is, is great material. And I said, okay, great. Uh, that's good. So what we did is we added it. You know, he said, which one do you want to write first? And I said, well, let's write the leadership book first. So uh, Love is Free, Guac is Extra is a book about leadership, leading with love, uh, how to empower teams, you know, to, to make your business thrive uh, in, in a huge way, as we did at Chipotle. The second book, it's called No One is a Stranger. That one is my soft underbelly. That's more about my philosophy. Uh, I I spent about 30 pages defining what love really is because I look at it very, very differently than most people. And in that book, I'm really talking about how to make really strong human connections, which obviously is at the foundation of leadership. But basically, I didn't get enough chance to really talk about that during the first book.
0: But, you know, it's interesting because looking at your career, I see this juxtaposition on the one hand. You know, with Chipotle, my gosh, you grew that to, what, 75,000 employees. you got to keep happy and motivated all the time, and you probably have to bite your tongue periodically or something like that. But then I look at you as an attorney where yeah, you're sort yeah. of the authoritarian, and you've got to sort of be the, the guy who's right all the time. How do you reconcile these?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I you know, I found I found some great similarity in both of them. In fact, I was a, as you know, I was an attorney first, and at the, and I had a law firm uh, that I ran in Denver. And in, in those years there, I started out being a guy who was working really, really hard to do. I wanted to be the guy who built the most hours. I wanted to have the best clients. I wanted to do the best job for my clients. I worked really, really hard. But eventually, I was kind of working myself into the ground. I was getting there at 3 or 4 in the morning. I was leaving at 6 p.m. to go see my kids. And and I was doing work after they went to bed. And so I was working around the clock. And finally, I realized, wait a minute, uh, you know, I got no more to give. And I had a huge pile on my desk still. So basically, I was sort of forced by circumstances to learn how to actually lead people. And 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 I learned how to build a culture at that law firm where people were at their best. And, uh, and, you know, I learned really at the law firm, the difference between management and leadership, where management really, if you think about it, David, is really about manipulating people, you know, through rewards and punishments, raises, promotions, you know, chewing them out, whatever. And then leadership is not about manipulating people. Leadership, is about bringing out the best in people. So I always say that management is about getting someone to do what you want them to do. But leadership is about getting someone to do what they want to do in furtherance of your mission. In other words, where they're doing what they want to do and they're passionate about it, you know, because there's no such thing as passionate obedience, as my friend Gary Heil likes to say, you know, but you want people to be passionate, right? So at Chipotle, by the time I was there, I really knew how to do it, you know, and I knew how to lead people and not manage them. And so uh, the way to do that is you give them a vision that they really, really want and you help them guide, guide them towards that. vision. But
0: you've got to have confidence in people. You've got to I mean, given. Oh, yeah. you know, the Growth in your positions. Yeah. You uh, learn to delegate, which obviously you have. Is that where this introspection of, of love co- sort of comes about?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think you cannot lead people effectively if you don't love them. And in and, and, and you know, if you don't like the word love or it sounds too gushy for some of your, some of your listeners, then what I mean by love is really caring, getting to know someone, care about them, wanting to see them at their best, you know, really kind of thriving, uh, you know, enjoying watching people thrive, you know, really enjoying people watching people become the best version of themselves and helping them get there. And that's what I really that's that's what uh, turns my crank. I really like to watch people thrive. And uh, when you can do that, it makes you feel great, and it also happens to make your business go crazy.
0: So what? help me out, because I, I, watched, I watched Chipotle as a stock, and, right, and I said, right. well, that's it. you gotta you know, got to dump this thing because it can't go anymore. And this thing <laughs> just, it's got this momentum, and, and, and those things are a dime a dozen. They're taco joints. They're sandwich places. Everybody's got a concept like this. Why does Chipotle not only work, but why does it keep working? And why would McDonald's get out of it?
1: <laughs> yeah well yeah a lot of good questions there um you know mcdonald's was in it in the early days uh they provided a lot of capital um and they you know frankly they put in about 300 million bucks and sold it for about 1.3 billion not many years later so they did well yeah uh, but had they held it of course the rest is history you know the company's worth you know uh, 20 then 30 then 40 and 50 billion so so obviously uh, they left a lot on the table but you know what made Chipotle thrive? I mean, it's great food. Okay. It's a great concept. Uh, we serve quickly and then the food is, is, is really special. But what really made it thrive in my view is that we had an amazing culture of top performing people who were, you know, top performing people, okay, we I have a definition for that at Chipotle, uh, you know, who were empowered, and I have a definition for that too, uh, to achieve high standards. So basically, it was a culture where we were leading people so that each and every person in that company, and I mean all 75,000 when I was there, uh, we were looking at all of those people as future leaders of the company. We were not hiring people uh, just to remain in place and do a job, we were hiring people to become the best version of themselves while leading others to be at their best so it was sort of a culture where every single person was engaged and committed to every other person but money that's, that, that's that's an industry trouble.
0: that must have a 70 or 80 percent turnover rate typically
1: There is very high turnover in that industry. There's no doubt about it. But the question is, why are people turning over? And so if you're losing people because they're going off to be lawyers and doctors and, and, you know, because they have a passion to be an artist or they want they have a passion about something, that's one thing. Okay. But if you're losing people because the job stinks, that's another. At Chipotle, what we found is that we were a not losing people anywhere near as fast as the other companies. And B uh, you know, the people we were losing, we were losing for good reasons. They were going off to do other things in life that they're really passionate about, not because they didn't like their job. And, you know, most people don't leave a job. They leave their boss. You know, most people leave their supervisor because they can't stand them anymore. Um, But we had, we had people, we were training our people to be excellent leaders who really, really cared about their people and brought out the best in them. And people don't leave uh, leaders like that very lightly.
0: So tell me about tell me again about the latest book. The name again is?
1: Yeah, it's No One is a Stranger. So, uh, you know, finding love, connection, and a brilliant life. So uh, uh, no one is a stranger. And I couldn't decide what to call the book for the longest time. And then I was reading it again. And in that book, I said no one is a stranger. But the concept there really is that I believe no one is a stranger. I believe we're all connected in this world, you know, whether we know it or not. And I think there's a lot of evidence to support that, which I describe in the book. Uh, I think that uh, understanding how to connect with people, and I mean uh, not just deep friendship, not just our spouses, not just our best friends, but also how to connect instantly uh, on the street with, and and make the most out of every connection that you come across in your life is something incredibly powerful and transformative to our life and transformative to our spiritual growth. So it helps us be a, a much better person, a much better contributor to society, and a much happier person. And so I talk about... You know, uh, how to make those connections, how to be more skillful in connecting and also some tips towards, uh, you know, really
0: helping to spurn one's own spiritual growth. But, you know, life post-COVID was supposed to be the antithesis of that, is that people got out of the habit and, in fact, in some cases were forbidden from being around other people face-to-face, maybe Zoom or telephone or something like that. And I don't know that we've completely come back to the way it was
1: maybe we haven't completely come back and i agree with you there but there's a huge desire to come back i mean you look at what's going on you know restaurants are getting packed again Uh, people are really craving in-person uh you know in-person meetings um it's uh you know people are rushing to get back together and make personal connections and when they were deprived of doing so i mean hell what happened i mean suicide rates were going up depression was going up anxiety you know and if you look at especially kids who were not allowed to go to school I mean, there was a lot of depression. Uh, There was a lot of anxiety. Uh, There were, you know, suicide rates among teenage girls and boys right now at the highest they've ever been. And our society is probably the most narcissistic it's ever been, dovetailed with social media and isolation. It doesn't work for people. People are incredibly, incredibly social creatures, and and biologically it is a fact. You know that people, when they socialize more and make deeper connections, they live longer, are happier, and uh, have much, much more productive and interesting lives.
0: You are a fantastically engaging human being. So lawyer, pilot filmmaker, author oh, wow. we've talked Thank about. Um, and, and so what are you going to do when you grow up? What's next? Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know, it's kind of that's funny, David. That actually is the way I look at it. I'm always uh, wondering what I'm going to do. And, and you know, I've just sort of so far just let my life unfold like a red carpet in front of me and things have gone wonderfully because I just try to do what I'm really passionate about. And so far, my greatest passion is is really harnessing the power of people, you know, not just myself, but those around me. And, and uniting people, you know, and I think whenever people aren't united, David, it's it's because they're, they're, there's a misunderstanding. You know, people want to be united, and it is the normal way for them to be united. And that's why I created the documentary on PBS called Connected, A Search for Unity. That's where I've written my books. Um, that's why I continue to do uh, to, to, to do discussions like this. Uh, and, and, you know, the rewards of, I'll tell you, most of us are avoiding growth in our lives, David, because growth is uncomfortable. It's hard to grow. Just like it's hard to become a weightlifter or a downhill skier or a mountain climber. It's hard. You're going to get sore. But man, but but emotional growth is also difficult. Spiritual growth is also difficult. But it's in our, in you know, and so what we do is we isolate sometimes uh, from situations we could get involved with or isolate from each other in an yeah. effort uh, to avoid growth because growth is uncomfortable. But when in our desire to isolate ourselves and be comfortable, we are depriving society and ourselves of our brilliance. And so I really encourage people uh, to you know get out there and connect and uh, understand, and learn about each other, love each other, and grow. And you it's, make a uh, compelling a argument. argument.
0: You make a compelling argument. I think people are afraid of change, and they equate change and growth sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course they do. That's right. All right. Well, uh, we look forward to the next book and also the the next enterprise body brand. Uh, our. our guest today. It's good to have you with us. Thank you very much. Hey,
1: hey, it's great to be with you. And my website is loveisfree.com if anyone wants to go see what I'm up to. love so is I really appreciate free.
0: talking to you. Loveisfree.com. We'll
1: loveisfree.com. I, I got that for, for free. I didn't even have to uh, pay someone for it. I couldn't believe it was available. It's kind of scary in society where loveisfree.com is freely available.
0: <laughs> Probably wouldn't have been if the internet had been around 50 years ago, but it had a different concept then. Exactly. And for yeah, more yeah, of our great. conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO of David Johnson. News Radio 1080 KRLD.